0: Hello, and welcome to the Ask the Geographer podcast series from the Department of Education and Outdoor Learning at the Royal Geographical Society with IBG. I'm Harry. In each podcast, I'll meet geographers from around the world to ask them about topical events, timely publications, and geographical research. Today, we're in conversation with Dinko Hanan Dinko, a geographer and PhD student with the University of Denver in the United States. Dinko specialises in the geopolitics of investment and influence in Africa and the implications of what is increasingly being called the Great Power Competition. Having started as the Principal Research Assistant at the Institute of Statistical, Social and Economic Research in the University of Ghana, Dinko continues to focus on geopolitics, political ecology and natural resource conflict in the country. In 2021, he was awarded the American Association of Geographers' Africa Speciality Group graduate research grant. Hi Dinko, thanks for joining us. Hi, Harry, how are you? Good, thank you. Um, We're going to jump straight into our first question about uh, your research. Could you give us a little more detail about yourself uh, and what work you're undertaking with your AAG research grant?
1: So I'm from Ghana where I lived most of my life and where I observed the influence of uh, China and perception of China and anything made of China transformed from a negative and substandard to something that is positive and desirable. I also lived in Rwanda, where I was at, um China-building key infrastructural project. I moved to the US to pursue my PhD in geography, um, focusing on uh, politics, space, and uh, resource security. Uh, basically, the politics of resource geography and the geography of resource politics. Um, and how different um, people and uh, different uh, social groups and countries also negotiate access to uh, certain critical resources. And what do those uh, different groups and um uh, countries do to increase the, their odds of getting access to critical resources like water, like uh, minerals and energy resources, and what conditions of possibilities make those things possible, and how all these negotiations play out uh, in space and time.
0: And this year you wrote in the conversation that China's mask diplomacy won influence across Africa. Uh, could you summarise the argument you put forward in the article?
1: So um, in, the, in that article, uh, my main argument is that um, China is uh, positioning itself as um, a world leader uh, in, in the fight against the pandemic and that it is doing so uh, for long term geostrategic strategic reasons. And um, if you remember at the beginning of the pandemic, there were a lot of issues with um, racism in China, racism against Africans uh, in China. And there was an uproar on the continent about um, how China is unfairly uh, treating various Africans, uh, people of African descent or black people in general in China. And so China decided to uh, change that image by uh, basically turning uh, lemons into lemonade. In some sense, um, by and, and and by turning lemon, uh, lemons into lemonade, I mean that um, they they they, they try to change the perception of uh, what. Um, they, they try to change the narrative around um, the issues of race in China by uh, donating large quantities of um, PPEs to the African continent in order to change uh, people's minds and hearts uh, towards uh, China. And it, from a, a geostrategic perspective, uh, I see it on the long term, China is trying to, is building and rehabilitating its image in Africa. And that it does so by uh, donating large number of um, PPEs to the continent, positioning itself as a major uh, world power that is responsible and helping people in times of crisis. And it also seeks to benefit from uh, this pandemic and this crisis on a long term by uh, building a relationship that will exist and uh, uh, blossom beyond uh, this current pandemic.
0: You've mentioned, Dinko, about uh, China trying to change hearts and minds, and they have uh, geostrategic um, aims in, in the continent of Africa. Uh, in my introduction, I talked about the great power competition. Can you explain what what does this mean? Sure. Uh, so the great great power competition
1: is a loosely defined term, and whose meaning is still evolving, but it basically refers to the competition between uh, established superpowers, mainly the United States, and uh, rising uh, powers such as China, to influence international norms and win influence across the uh, various international uh, organizations and spaces, and also shape international discourse and practices.
0: China became Africa's greatest trading partner in 2009, I think, uh, surpassing the US. Um, what is it interested in? You've, you've mentioned minerals so far, um, but what else? So um,
1: most most of the literature often point to Africa's natural resources as the main focus of China in Africa. Uh, but China sees Africa not just as a cookie jar. Uh, it sees Africa as a market with uh, full potential for growth uh, because the continent has a burgeoning middle class that has developed uh, or that is developing taste for fine, some fine Chinese uh, luxury goods. And for decades, the continent has been uh, struggling to connect people to uh, key infrastructures like internet and uh, for communication, for e commerce and to provide key uh, infrastructure such as roads, ports, and uh, um, airports to facilitate trade, build better health uh, facilities. But uh, on favorable terms, uh unfavorable terms of trade and uh exchange rate as well as finance regimes uh with west uh with the west has made that in uh, accessible and um china comes in to uh fill that gap by providing a cheaper alternative you know and by doing so, China is basically trying to kill um, three birds with one stone. That is, first, um, making money by providing cheaper alternatives. Uh, second, building and by making money, they are also building goodwill uh, for themselves. And and third, they are able to harvest on this goodwill and uh, this economic relations that they have with the continent for long-term political and geostrategic gains. So China is not just interested in the natural resources, it is seeking to build uh, allies on the long-term as a rising great power.
0: That's a really interesting point about China trying to create allies and also trying to find new export markets. Um, How does China offer a rival financial system to Western democracies? And are there any countries in danger of not being able to repay their loans?
1: So unlike um, Western capital, mainly from the um, World Bank and IMF and various international uh, organizations based in the West. Chinese capital is a lot more adapt- adaptable. Uh, so depending on which country that uh, China is going into, they are willing to work out a kind of um, specific context uh, um, financing. So they don't go in with a one size fit all programs like what the World Bank did in the 1980s and nineteen. 19- 90s with the structural adjustment program and the economic recovery programs. The the Chinese financing is tailored towards the the, the needs and hopes and aspirations of um, the ruling elites in in most African countries. So Chinese capital, unlike um, Western capital, is adaptable. And The second distinction distinction between um, Chinese capital and Western capital is the fact that uh, Chinese capital has the logic of uh, all-encompassing accumulation, which in simple terms means that they look beyond just the economic uh, benefit of uh, Africa being an export uh, market. They are looking for uh, long-term political leverages that they can have on the continent. So basically how each time that a Chinese, the Chinese government or Chinese uh, capital is flowing into Africa, there are some political strings attached to it. Even though it is not as stringent as um, Western conditionalities, uh, conditionalities, they are looking forward, as I said earlier, to building long-term allies within the continent. And they do so by uh aid economic aid but also financing of infrastructural projects in various countries so in, uh, chinese interest is uh tied to its geostrategic strategic interest
0: and is there a particular country in africa that is a, especially aligned with with beijing
1: there are an, a number of uh, african countries that are aligned with beijing um a key Key play uh, key countries such as Ethiopia, um, Zambia, but also uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo are all uh, aligned with uh, Beijing. And um, the most of these countries are generally uh, mineral rich, especially the um, Democratic Republic of Congo. For instance, in two thousand and seven, two thousand and seven, they signed um, a six billion dollar uh, minerals contract with the Chinese. In fact, uh, there are reports that um, China controls more than half of the mines in in the DRC. And in the two thousand and seven uh, contract, they, um, the Chinese expect to have. Um, Ten over ten million metric tons of uh, copper, for instance, over a twenty-five year period. They also expect to have over six hundred thousand metric tons of um, uh, cobalt over the f- same twenty-five year period. Now, if you, it, it may not make sense if you just talk about uh, the metric tons, but if you consider the fact that. Um, one electric car needs, uh, I mean, needs about um, 50 pounds of copper. Considering the fact that the Chinese are going to get up to 10 million pounds of um, copper, uh, 10 million uh, metric tons of um, copper from the DRC, what it means is that China will be able to manufacture at least 8,000 electric vehicles in a year using um, copper from the DRC. And that's that's a huge gain for the Chinese uh, emerging uh, electric vehicle market, and it's it's a lot. The the, the terms of negotiation between uh, the DRC and China uh, favors uh, the, the, the Chinese manufacturers in that they get it at a cheaper rate. Uh, And they get it at a fixed price over the 25-year period.
0: And that's what we were talking about earlier, I imagine, when you referred to great power competition in the continent.
1: Correct. So uh, China is um, asserting itself and positioning itself with long-term commitment from uh, various African countries. So, for instance, you are in a a contract with China for the next 25 years. And so... um, they are able to leverage on this long-term um, contract for various political gains, at the expense of um, at the expense of other rival uh, political um, uh, great powers like the United States.
0: Finally, to the future: uh, Will China ever invest in foreign military expansion in Africa? Do you think? Uh, I'm I'm thinking about the country's first military outpost in Djibouti, Dinko.
1: I think so. I think that it is actually ongoing. Uh, a recent report from uh, uh, the U.S. Um, Africa Command indicates that they are building. They have plans of building a military base in Tanzania, in the along the eastern coast of Africa. I also foresee China trying to build military base along the western coast as well, uh, primarily in um, the. Uh, Cameroon, but other uh, um, Western West, uh, other countries along the west coast, including uh, Equatorial Guinea, where they have very solid relations with um, the leadership. So China is uh, China's military um, expansion in Africa is just the beginning, and they this has long term. Uh, geostrategic security implications on uh, the continent as well because um, the bigger question is why would China be interested in building military bases across the continent to protect what and in, in whose interests would in in whose interest uh, would they be on on the continent would they be in there to protect Chinese interests solely and would they be intervening like how Um, other foreign powers have been intervening on the continent over this past 50 years Those are questions that are yet to be answered going forward
0: And they're great questions to pose to our listeners as as we finish. Uh, Dinko, thank you very much for joining us today Sure, thank you for having me Thanks for listening If you like this podcast, please subscribe to the Ask the Geographer podcast series on iTunes and SoundCloud.com Be inspired and stay informed with the Society's wide range of resources, many of which are free. School membership unlocks access to other excellent resources including online lectures and many other tailor-made benefits for teachers and students. Access our resources at www.rgs.org.